contracts, salary caps. Why do our favorite teams make some of the moves they do? It's usually the money. It's time for the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. Special guest this week, Dan Pompey, longtime NFL writer, one of the most respected NFL writers out there. He sat down this offseason multiple weekends with Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson, someone I know so well, someone who was a backup when I was at Green Bay to Brett Favre and became such a close personal friend and guru and backup to him. And now seeing his success is just wonderful. He's come out with this book. It's Fearless, The Underdog Story of Doug Peterson, co-written by Dan Pompey. Dan goes into how he got the book, the contract to do it, what it was like working with Doug on such a rapid, accelerated timeline. They had to get the book done by April. Super Bowl ended in February. And it's out now, So Fearless by Doug Peterson. Here's Dan Pompey ahead, but first a word from Bet Online, the sponsor for this. Football season is back. If you're looking for a place to make your online wagers, well, head to betonline.ag. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Use promo code PODCAST1, all caps, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, number one, Receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Now on to Dan Pompey, co-author of Doug Peterson's new book, Fearless. Dan, my friend, we've known each other a long time, and it's great to have you on the program. Welcome to the business of sports. Great to be with you, Andrew. You're one of my favorites in the business, and uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, well, feeling's mutual, and... I wanted to get you on to talk about a book about someone you obviously have gotten to know well, and I know well from my longtime experience with the Packers and now living in Philadelphia. Um, Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning coach, right after winning that Super Bowl, as we approach the new season, has a new book out, Fearless, co-authored by one Dan Pompey. I'm going to give you an open landscape here, Dan. How did you come to write a book right after the Super Bowl win with Doug Peterson. Well, it didn't take long, did it? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, you know, he obviously became a very hot commodity all of a sudden. Uh, it wasn't too long ago when really, you know, people were questioning him as a head coach and uh, wondering right. if he could handle the job. And then he goes out and he does this uh, incredible thing, uh, leading this team to the Super Bowl, uh, winning game after game they weren't supposed to win, overcoming obstacle after obstacle, and uh, really doing it in unconventional manner. And then uh, when the Super Bowl ended, he had a number of uh, publishers interested in doing a book on him or with him. And uh, he eventually settled on one and, and – uh, his agent, uh, Bob Lamont, uh, hooked Doug and I up, and uh, we, we ended up working together on the project. And it was a great pleasure to work with him. And uh, we, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together over a short period of time because, as you know, uh, the turnaround on books is pretty quick. In order to get yeah. a book out uh, at this time of year, you know, the, the, our real deadline, first deadline, was, was in April. So uh, wow. we had to really slam it through. Uh, we obviously had some time for revisions and edits and all that, which we took advantage of. But uh, it was a pretty intense process and, and a really challenging but rewarding process to go through with Doug. Can I take back to sort of getting the, the, the job and getting the deal with Doug through Bob Lamont, his agent? Does, 
If you wouldn't mind taking readers into what's that process like? Is it almost like submitting a bid or a request for proposal or an application to co-author a book? If you could take the readers inside that. I mean, the listeners. Sorry. Well, it, you know, how it, how it usually works is a writer hires a literary agent and the literary agent cuts the deal for him. This was a little bit of a different deal uh, because, uh, you know, it was Doug already had the agreement with the publisher. So uh, it, it was not a conventional book deal. And, and right. this was done uh, basically me uh, negotiating with uh, the publishing company then with, with Bob acting as kind of the, the broker uh, because he, he wanted, uh, you know, he thought that Doug and I would be a good, a good match. And what timing was this? You said the book was, was had to be done by April. So when did you start sitting down with Doug? How were these sessions? How were they spaced? How long a time are we talking about in kind of session with him? Well, the first I heard about the book was when I saw Bob Lamont at the Combine in Indianapolis in March. I want to say that was, uh, yeah, it was the first weekend of March. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we agreed on things, uh, we had to agree on things in pretty short order. And uh, Doug and I started meeting on uh, weekends, we spent a few weekends together in Philadelphia. Uh, there was uh, one point we were in his office. We spent a lot of time in my hotel room uh, that was not far from where he, he lives uh, in New Jersey. And uh, we met again in Orlando at the owners meetings. And then uh, we spent a lot of time on the phone and exchanging texts and emails and that sort of things, that sort of thing to work things out as well. Um, but it was, uh, it, it was, you know, they were kind of marathon sessions. They were tiring sessions, but he was, he was really good about it. He, the, the thing that made it doable and, uh, rewarding is he was all in on the project. You know, he wasn't mm. dreading it. He wasn't saying, Oh, I have to do this again. Or, you know, uh, he, he was all in and he was open, uh, and, uh, I think honest on everything. And, and, uh, I think he enjoyed the process to a degree of, of talking about not just uh, his football life and the Super Bowl season, but uh, going back uh, even to the days when he sat down and negotiated a contract with Andrew Brandt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll get to that story in a minute. But did you script this? I mean, did you come in and say, okay, Doug, we're going to start at the beginning, uh, whatever it is, high school, college, and we're going to go all the way through? Did he script it? Did Bob Lamont script it? Did you just talk and then you figure out how to sequence things? I'll tell you what I did is, is I, uh, the, the, before our first interview session, I emailed him a list of, it, it was probably, I don't know how many, maybe 10 pages long of things that I wanted to talk about. And uh, as we went along, the list grew, you know, because we'd talk about one thing and that would spur uh, a conversation about something else or an idea about something else. So, uh, it was, I, I kind of laid the, the whole thing out, and, you know, uh, what I thought was interesting and what I wanted to talk about. And, uh, you know, there were times when he would guide me in a direction and it was kind of a collaborative process. I, I kind of imagine, you know, I know what kind of coach he is after, 
having all this discussion with him and uh, reading so much about him and, and uh, getting to know his style. Mm-hmm. I kind of imagine working with him on this book was a little like being an assistant coach on his staff. Uh, right. Because, right. Uh, you know, he, he was very collaborative and very open to ideas. And, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, he, he was very, just very good to work with in that way. It was, there was a real give and take and, uh, it was, uh, it was fun from that standpoint. You know, you mentioned the time I'll just throw in my little quips on Doug. I had never really had a player in all my time with the Packers as egoless and willing to help and understanding his role as Doug Peterson, as he probably talked about every year, I would kind of chase some <laughs> backup quarterbacks around the league to play behind Brett Favre. And every, this is before we drafted Aaron, of course. And everybody's like, yeah, I don't want to go there. I'll never play. Brett never misses a game. So having failed at all those sometime in April, and you know this, Dan, I would call up good old Doug down in Louisiana and say, we need you. And he would say something like, well, how many guys turn you down? <laughs> I would say a few. He goes, all right. And we would spend, as you said, the next three, four minutes tops negotiating a contract, usually a minimum with a lot of incentives if he got to play, which of course he never did. But he was Brett's best friend. He was Brett's counselor, is Brett's guru. He was the guy we called on the unfortunate time when we we're in Oakland and we were on an off day and Brett's dad passed. We couldn't find Brett. We found Doug. And Doug, of course, handed Brett the phone. So there was a there was something there where uh, that Brett Favre's success, which is legendary, has some credit to go to Doug Peterson. And I saw that firsthand. So you probably heard some of that along the way. Yeah. And, and we write about a lot of that. Uh, you know, he, he wrote about the time that he decided he didn't need an agent anymore. And uh, it was later in his career and he decided just to come into your office and get the contract done himself. And yeah. uh, he, he, we, we, we wrote a lot about uh, Favre and the relationship and, uh, of course, that that uh, weekend in in Oakland and everything that happened there, uh, right. they were on the golf course when uh, right. when you called them and and, and told them, and uh, it was uh, obviously a very seminal moment in Brett Favre's life. And uh, Doug, I think, was a person who helped Brett get through that and probably helped him grow in a lot of different ways. I mean, Doug is kind of modest about it and doesn't want to. Yeah take uh, bows for it as, as you know he's like, as you said he's one of the most egoless people uh so but I, but i really believe as you do that he was a, a factor in brett's success during that period later period of his career with, with the packers and uh you know it's interesting too uh that he has such little ego because i, I think that's part of the reason for his success even though ego is not necessarily a reason why coaches uh, are not successful because mm-hmm. many coaches have very big egos, as you know. Uh, but I think, you know, in his case, it's really, it, it's a part of, uh, of, of why he resonates with people and how he leads. And it just works for him. You know, it, it works perfectly for Doug Peterson. And I think uh, everybody respects him because of it.
Now, of course, he's a Super Bowl winning coach, top of the profession, contract extension, along with uh, general manager Howie Roseman. I just, it's hard to see that a couple years ago, even a year ago, as you know, a lot of questions about this guy. Uh, and national media questioning one in particular saying he's the least qualified guy in the league. That had to, I saw some excerpts, obviously that had to come up with Doug in your discussions. And I would think he was being refreshingly and brutally honest about those doubts and those trepidations with you. Well, the interesting, interesting thing about Doug is I think, uh, you know, even he had had doubts. You know, right. he he's he's not one of these guys who thinks he's got all the answers. Um, you know, he the year before he interviewed for the head coaching job with the Eagles, he told Bob Lamont, "I don't want to interview for anybody because Bob Lamont was getting feelers on him." He said, "I don't think hmm. I'm ready." And then uh, the next year, he said, "All right, well, the Eagles want to interview. I'll, I guess I'll interview." And uh, he, he had never even prepared for it, though. He never thought about preparing for a job. And he had to do a, you know, a, a last-minute uh, crazy preparation for this interview in the middle of uh, playing the Houston Texans, I believe it was, in the playoffs yeah. with the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, he got through the interview and impressed Jeffrey Lurie enough that Lurie wanted to hire him. And that was the only job interview he had ever had for a head coaching job. And uh, he was immediately met with skepticism. And uh, as you know, the skepticism continued into his uh, second year, last year, when mm-hmm. on the eve of the season, um, our old colleague, Mike Lombardi, uh, questioned right. him and said, you know, he might be the least qualified coach in the league. And uh, Doug tells some interesting stories about that as well. Yeah, and for people who don't, don't know the reference. Dan, myself, Michael Lombardi, Matt Bowen, and others were all part of a startup website called the National Football Post at one point, putting out what we thought, hoped, were unique insights uh, behind the scenes at the league. And Michael did say that. And I know Doug, did I read that Michael tried to get your job in writing the book with Doug? Was that a, was that a correct statement? Well, yeah, the uh, what happened was a publisher approached Doug about the book and asked him if he would if he would be interested in doing the book with Michael Lombardi. So apparently, uh, you know, the, the publisher had a connection with Lombardi, and uh, Doug Doug said respectfully, "No, thank you." Lombardi, we <laughs> should point out, though, also um, wrote Doug a nice note uh, right. after the uh, the regular season in which he kind of uh, owned up to uh, jumping to a, a wrong conclusion about Doug and uh, apologized more or less for what he had said. So, um, you know, I don't think there's any lingering heart that uh, Doug preferred not to do the book with him. Certainly the right hire for the Philadelphia Eagles was Doug Peterson. He's now the Super Bowl winning coach, even though there were so many doubts at the beginning. LinkedIn Talent Solutions will get you the right hire, and that's going to make a huge impact on your business. It's so important to find the right person. Usually you try job boards, but can you really rely on them to get the right person to see your job? Instead, use LinkedIn. It's the world's largest professional network, as everyone knows. People go to LinkedIn every day to grow professionally, discover job opportunities. 70% of the U.S. workforce is already there. 
Your job gets seen by the right people, not just all the people, the right people. Most LinkedIn members haven't visited the job boards, but nine out of 10 of them are open to new opportunities and you can only reach them on LinkedIn. That's why a new hire is made every 10 seconds using LinkedIn. Businesses rate LinkedIn 40% higher than job boards at delivering quality candidates. So here you go. Hurry to linkedin.com slash BOS, business of sports, all caps, BOS. Get 50% off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash BOS, 50% off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash BOS, terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the right place to make the right hire. I think the image that's going to stick from Doug, and he's going to create so many more over the coming years, but obviously the biggest stage in the world, he has that Super Bowl call of the Philly special with the throwback in the past to Nick Foles for the touchdown at such a key moment on fourth down. Uh, I think what just that's what I said to, to people I was watching that I just said, it's so Doug because Nick Foles came over and kind of pleaded the case and Doug said, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and that's Doug, you know, it's not the, the, the ringing and the, cr- the gut wrenching and, cringing his face and this or that he's like happy-go-lucky smart creative had planned and it happened and and that's the image i think of all that we're going to see and that we saw and i think you saw that i mean you saw just a an honest likable guy that's happens to be a head football coach yeah i know it's uh it's difficult to imagine a lot of other head coaches having a quarterback come up to them at a critical point in the Super Bowl and a quarterback saying, Hey, how about this, this crazy play? Yeah. The coach saying, okay. I mean, could you imagine Bill Belichick? Okay, Tom. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Or not even yeah. Tom, you know, Tom's, uh, you know, Brian Hoyer, whomever, whomever it would have been. Uh, you know, I, I think again, that's uniquely Doug or, or very different about Doug. And, uh, he, uh, the other thing is too, he, you know, really embraced risk and he had to embrace risk because mm-hmm. the, the Eagles, even though they started out great and had ended up with uh, the best record uh, in the NFC last year, you know, they, they had incredible player losses. They, in addition yeah. to losing an MVP candidate in Carson Wentz, they lost their left tackle, Jason Peters. They lost Darren Sproles. They lost uh, their middle linebacker. They lost uh, Chris Maragos. Uh, on the yeah. opening week of the season, they lost their kicker, Caleb Sturgis. So, uh, you know, it was one loss after another, and it was his management style and leadership, I believe, that enabled the Eagles to overcome all those losses. And by the time they got to the playoffs, uh, you know, they were the underdog in every game of the postseason they played. And uh, they just kept winning and winning. It really was one of the, the incredible coaching jobs, I think, uh, that, that I've seen and probably anyone has seen in if you look at the the modern era of NFL football. Yeah, we're talking to Dan Pompey, co-author with Doug Peterson of this new book, Fearless, all about this underdog, Doug Peterson, that we know so well. I know our time's limited, but I just want you to share, are there some stories that came out of this or insights you saw into Doug that people don't see? Again, he's still relative and unknown in terms of national household names, even though he won the Super Bowl, compared to, like you said, a Belichick and Andy Reid, some of those coaches. But what are some other things 
insights from the book, thoughts that you came away with about Doug Peterson? Well, there's a lot of them, you know, I mean, I could talk about his playing career and how, uh, you know, he was cut over and over and over again. And he somehow lasted 14 years in the national football league. You know, he, he was basically a starter, supposed to be a starter for one season with the Philadelphia Eagles. The rest right. of the time he was always a backup and rarely played being mostly behind guys like Favre and Dan Marino. Um, but, you know, he, he had great resolve uh, to just keep coming and coming and coming. And uh, I think he kind of figured out how to play that game. And uh, he's good at that. He's good at figuring out how, how to play the game, whatever it is, and overcoming the barriers. Um, I'll, I'll just tell you another a little anecdote about Super Bowl week, which I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, he knew going in that he was just going to let it rip and not leave anything uh, that, that he would ever regret in terms of not taking a chance. I mean, he, he had watched the, uh, the Jaguars lose to the Patriots right. in the AFC championship game on the TV in the locker room uh, prior to his game against the Vikings. And he was sitting there just cursing the screen just about talking about why, why are the Jaguars taking a knee at halftime? Why are they letting their foot off the gas and letting the Patriots win this game? So he was completely comfortable with the whole notion of coaching fearlessly in the Super Bowl. Uh, two nights before the Super Bowl, he and his family went to the Mall of America, and he rode roller coasters all night long. Uh, the, night, the night before the Super Bowl, he slept like a baby. He slept eight hours. Uh, he gets up, he goes on the field, he looks for Bill Belichick, he finds him, he goes and says hello to him, and they exchange pleasantries. The, the moment is actually captured in uh, NFL films at a, you know, I think it's on the Eagles uh, Super Bowl uh, videotape. Uh, but what's not captured is what Doug is thinking. And uh, we write in the book, he, he looks at Bill Belichick, and while Belichick is talking about, well, I can't find any tape on you from when the Eagles were behind, Doug is looking at, at him thinking, I'm going to kick your tail. I really want to kick your tail. <laughs> so I think, you know, there's this other side of him. We, we talked about, you know, the egoless guy and, you know, uh, the collaborative guy, the open guy, the, the guy who has all these uh, – great people skills, but there's also, I think, a cunning competitor, a ruthless competitor in Doug Peterson, and uh, I think that came out in that exchange with Bill Belichick. And I think that also points out just the, the image of the snarling, secretive, guarded coach is broken. I mean, <laughs> Doug's the same guy that I had as backup in Green Bay that was just the popular guy around the locker room. He's the same guy. He's just so likable, so easygoing. Maybe, and, and I'll like your comment on this, a little bit of Favre-like in this way. Maybe, uh, what am I trying to say? His smarts, his creativity, his intelligence <clears throat> gets hidden by his easygoing Southern nature. Did you feel that at all? Yeah, I, I think there's there's definitely a part of that because you know what I think he's he's a brilliant play caller and game yeah. planner and 
he's also smart enough to know what he doesn't know, which, which many coaches are not right. And, uh, he, he's smart enough to lean on other people and trust other people. And, uh, and know that he can't do everything himself. I know this, you know, from watching him walk around that building, um, you know, kind of behind the curtain, uh, everybody sees, he goes up to and, you know, addresses them by name. They all talk, they talk to him like he's, you know, uh, just another guy. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, uh, he, he does not put himself above anybody. And he, as a result, he makes everyone feel very comfortable with him. So true. And, you know, after big wins, we are, we are still acquaintances, friends, and I would text him and I would get back, not just thanks, you know, like some celebrity, but I would get back, really appreciate that. How's your family? You know, all that kind of stuff. He's just, uh, as genuine as could be. Dan, this has been so great. Uh, I encourage everyone to go get the book. It's, it's fascinating about Doug Peterson, the ultimate underdog who's now Super Bowl winning coach co-authored with Dan Pompey, my good friend who joined us on the podcast. Dan, thanks so much for doing this. My pleasure, Andrew, anytime. Hope you enjoyed that fascinating conversation with Dan Pompey, co-author of the book with Doug Peterson about this Super Bowl winning coach and what an underdog he's become. This episode was sponsored by betonline.ag. It's a very exciting time. In the gambling betting world, it's a pleasure to announce that BetOnline is not only the sponsor of this podcast, but all the Podcast One Sportsnet. These are our guys, the guys we trust for all things betting, lines, odds, wagers, inside info, you name it. It's betonline.ag. And now football season's starting. Are you looking for a place to make your online wagers? You've got to go to betonline.ag. They're the best ones out there. You take advantage of their best bonuses in the business. And if you use promo code PODCAST1, P-O-D-C-A-S-T number one, you receive a 50% sign-up bonus today. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Business of Sports podcast with Andrew Brandt. Follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Brandt. You can listen to this podcast on iTunes. Give us a rating, if you will, a good one. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, RossTucker.com, wherever you hear your podcasts. I'll be back next week with another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Thanks for listening to the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also get additional insider insight by listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and College Draft Podcast, all at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts are found.